HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is dedicated to providing the most up-to-date information and news on the food industry. Interviews with chefs and in-depth pieces on food systems take listeners literally from the farm to the fork. Can you hear this anywhere else? Nope. Press the donate button on our website and learn how you can become a founding member and support the station. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and this is Heritage Radio Network. We're here at Roberta's, a gorgeous, awesome, wonderful summer summer, uh, Monday today in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of chefs on the show, um, folks who are restaurant owners, um, but never have I had anyone on the show that is just about to open their first restaurant. So what is it like to start a new restaurant in Brooklyn? And what does that take? Um, today I'm joined with Josh uh, Kaplan, and he is launching a new restaurant called Desara Ramen. We've got his chef, Mark Giroux, in the house as well. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, Josh, you're pretty young, and you've worked in kitchens as chef before. Um, Milk Bar in, on Vanderbilt Ave, and, uh, you know, line cooks here and there around town. But this is the first time you are going to be the owner. That Exciting! Congratulations. Thank you very much. Did you know that you wanted to do this, or what was? How, how did that happen? Yeah, um, I guess uh, when I was like 25, um, I kind of took a look around the industry and, and saw that you really can't make much of a living as a line cook. <laughs> so I realized that if I was going to have to do this for the rest of my life, which it I was going to have to do uh, you really have to own something so mm-hmm. I kind of made that my mission um, you know had a lot of false starts a lot of heartbreak uh, a lot of wasted time but okay. led me to my partner and led me to my project so 
So what is it like? I mean, the, yeah, it sounds like a scary... Uh, is it a dead-end job being a line cook or what? I mean... Well, it depends on who you ask. Um, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of different uh, schools of thought on it. Um, I meet a lot of guys who, you know, have dedicated themselves to really going for the gold ring and they make mm. $300 a week at, you know, four-star spots <laughs> in the city and by the time they're 30, they're you know, getting a real estate license or trying to get Good. their degree in education, you know, because you just get burnt out. It's it's a very difficult way to make a living. It's a hard knock. And, you know, yeah, yeah that's that, that was basically why I decided, you know, if, if I'm going to do this, I have to make it work and I have to be able to uh, actually build a life. That- hey, Mark, uh, does this sound familiar to you? Working in kitchens, uh, you've... You, you, you just recently came here from Canada, I know. So, but what was it like there? Was it horrible pay, like horrible hours, horrible, I don't know, anything? I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle choice. Okay. It's a certain way that, uh, you know, you, you, it's a certain type of work and it's, it's a grind. But some, for some, it's, it's something that there's a certain peace in it and a certain joy in, right. in this type of hard work all the time. Because you do, I mean, it's a, it's a daily sort of result that you can see mm-hmm. you know, when your customers are leaving or when your your bosses are telling you that you've done a, a great job or, or anything, you're constantly rewarded mm-hmm. on that level. And uh, at the end of the day, when you feel like a piece of crap when you go home, mm-hmm. it's almost satisfying as well. Yeah, no, what I was speaking to was more the idea of trying to, say, start a family on $600 a week if you're, you know, getting up there in the game. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult. That is very difficult. Yeah. And it's hard to balance that, like, that satisfaction of making something tangible that you can enjoy and uh, Yeah, no, the, I mean, the job in itself and the lifestyle in a lot of respects is awesome. You know, right. you, you basically are a nocturnal creature and everyone you meet is really cool. Like, your whole circle of friends are just you know, a bunch of artists and people who are similarly passionate about their things that they're passionate about but just in terms of a sustainable lifestyle beyond your 20s it's uh it yeah be difficult depending right. on how far you're able to go or willing to go yeah nocturnal lifestyle for having kids doesn't sound <laughs> no yeah i mean I'm, i know a lot of dudes who are already cooking into their early 30s and you know they haven't had a relationship that lasted longer than six months and you know they're <laughs> Before we get too depressed right now, it's not, <laughs> so. I mean, it's not. You know, I, I'm sorry if no, it, no, no, it no, comes no. off as somewhat depressive, but it's just, uh, you know, some people are built for it and some people aren't, and I think, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's kind of like a, 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 you know, a mastery uh, apprenticeship, maybe like sure. A study. I, I look at it yeah. like that's that's how I think of it. The last right. six years I've been cooking, I think of it as like college, mm-hmm. like real college, because I actually wasted four years at actual college. So tell me about Dasara Ramen. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, it the actual chi- uh, Japanese characters are Datsusara. Um, okay, it means uh, career change. My uh, partner, Justin, who you know, is a lawyer and, um, you know, he really wanted to open a restaurant and uh, he and his wife are big ramen nuts and they saw that it's a a good, I guess, industry. I guess ramen is its own industry, but a good niche cuisine that's starting to percolate in the city. uh, It definitely is. Yeah. And they decided to uh, 
open a shop and I just and the, and the location is key I mean it's on Smith Street in Carroll Gardens which is a, a huge restaurant destination restaurant row yeah and there's no ramen places and it's kind of cool that like there is this demand you know in the last couple of years or so we've seen Brooklyn ramen restaurants and um, you know now now it's it's like opening a burger place hey Let's go to that ramen place. Or well, sushi that's or what you're saying is exactly the calculation we basically made, which is we're kind of in a certain sense getting in on the ground floor of ramen. Like mm-hmm. right now, when a new ramen place opens and it pops up in a blog or on in the paper or something, it's like the ramen trend is moving to this neighborhood or that neighborhood. Yeah, but I've the way we see it is like you know. 60, 70, 80 years ago when a new pizza place would open up. It wasn't the pizza trend. It was a staple cuisine coming from a immigrant population kind of inserting itself into the culture and, and becoming a staple cuisine. So it, burgers are exactly right. Sushi is exactly right. It's not that Carroll Gardens now has one ramen place. It's the first of what will probably be several, just like it has a bunch of pizza places and a bunch of sushi places. And it's it's basically... I mean, it, what we look at it as is like, you know, you're investing in death and taxes. You know what I mean? Just something mm-hmm. that's going to be a reality. It's interesting because uh, you mentioned like the, the immigrant cuisines bringing their flavors um, to to New York City with their pizza shops and, and so forth. And you folks are newer <laughs> to Japanese cuisine. Um, you're from Long Ups- Island? Upstate. Upstate New York. Gotcha. Mark? Outside of Toronto and Canada. So not Japanese. No. But avid nerds about all things ramen. Correct. And Lana and Justin also spent significant time in Japan as part of their lines of work. And I mean, yeah, like you said, we're nerds. We basically devour everything we can get our hands on. So when did like ramen become something that you geeked out about? It was actually uh, the first stock I ever made was with the pop-up dinners that we were doing last summer. Uh, we did a lamb ramen, which is going to be make its way onto the fall menu. Nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd all as soon as Apudo opened, I was like, I would probably say once a week I would be in there. Um, you know, <laughs> Minka, all, all the ramen shops in the city. I was just kind of like, you know, uh, I love broth, so yeah. Do you have a favorite one? The Akamaru Modern, I would pr- probably refer to as my platonic ideal, what okay. a bowl of ramen should be. Just cool. perfect balance and really heavy and like that soul-warming thing. Mm-hmm. There's so many different styles of ramen, too. Absolutely. And, and part of the concept for the restaurant is expanding the things that a bowl of ramen can be. Right. Because in Japan, it's kind of a very fast and loose like whimsical cuisine you know they'll do they'll experiment they'll be really weird and i mean there are exceptions and there's specials but on almost any ramen shop menu in the city it'll be you know shoyu shio miso and you know we want these are the different broths yes yeah but you know what i mean there's like a staple there's gotcha. like there's yeah. like a staple like ramen shop menu the other side of the menu as we like to refer to it or like the small plates are all these kind of little bites that don't really vary much from place to place. So, mm-hmm. 
And I mean, as cool as it is that ramen is becoming so, you know, less exotic than it once may have been to the mainstream New York uh, people, um, I, I think it's I think it's telling that there's something very universal about a slurp-worthy bowl of hot, flavorful broth it's, with some sort of starch in there. Yeah, it's soul food. That's yeah. that's why. Yeah. It, that's I think that's why what we recognized as its kind of universal appeal that. We're banking on the fact, like we said, we're just kind of out ahead of something that's going to be very much a reality in the city for, Mm -hmm. you know, decades to come. So is there anything comparable to ramen that you may have grown up eating that... that Well, I'm a huge soul food head. I I love, I mean, you know... Soul food, like gumbo or like... Uh, It definitely kind of expanded over Mm -hmm. the years into Creole, but my original, I, I mean, I'm from upstate New York and... We have um, a big African-American community in the little town I'm from, and most of their family migrated over the generations, probably two or three generations from, like, North Carolina and then, you know, deeper into the South, like Georgia. So you kind of get that um, just classic fried chicken, mac and cheese, and collard greens cuisine, and that's that's what I always really love the most. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Mark, well, what about you? Any like uh, comparisons to ramen, if any, that you may have grown up uh, loving? Well, I mean, uh, Can- Canada doesn't necessarily have a Canadian cuisine. Exactly. <laughs> I know what is it? <laughs> um, but there is a lot of. I mean, it's a very cold, long winter. Yeah. Some, some years, yeah. There's. A, I mean, it's a lot of meat and potatoes heavy. Yeah. You know, yeah, tortillere, yeah. French, uh, Quebecois pies. Uh, you know, rich sort of rich, full, meaty, full, satisfying hot meals in the winter, especially the foie gras. Uh, foie gras. <laughs> some foie gras as well. Can can we get some duck liver uh, flavored broth somehow? Or ooh, duck ramen. Foie gras chashu. Foie gras chashu. Uh, my uh, chef that I used to work with, that uh, Duerdine, actually is doing uh, brunch ramen on the weekends with a uh, rabbit bones right now he kind of mm-hmm. makes like a blended rabbit stock and it's like nice like a little red wine rabbit stew maybe or like i don't i don't know if, cool. i don't think there's any wine he, he makes like you know he cooks out like i think it's a combination of pork chicken and rabbit but it, it okay. gives it this like kind of nice little weird thing i it's good a little bit of gaminess yeah yeah for for fall we want to do um the zeon with uh all this the zeon components like it, oh, should I maybe get yeah, some what, context? What is, yeah. So Xi'an famous. I'm actually wearing the t-shirt. Oh, Xi'an famous food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm mispronouncing <laughs> it. Sorry, that's really. Yeah. It happens horrible. all the time. Yeah. Um, Josh was like, "Do you know Maypo? I want to do a Maypo <laughs> squash." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "How can you not know what I'm talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, Mapo." Yeah. Tofu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mispronounce English it's words okay. too, so it's just a general <laughs> problem with phonetics. Um, no, so I, I mean, we love that their stuff. So we thought, yeah. why not take those components and put it into a ramen? So we're gonna do like nice. that lamb broth, probably mix pork and lamb, a little cumin, little, cumin, yeah. chili oil, awesome. cilantro, some like the the chashu will be like a spicy, tingly lamb belly. Oh, or, that's super fun. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. yeah. Generally, the. I like the I like the references to so many different cuisines going on, and I know you guys are working on. Can I say it? The deli. Yeah, yeah. The sure. deli ramen, which is going to have floating matzo balls in it, and who knows what? Something smoky, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, actually, I guess it's okay to say we uh, just got Mylan to agree to be our uh, 
supplier for this. Their, we're going to have their smoked meat as our basic chashu on the. Nice teamwork there the from yeah. the community. That's awesome. With a big thank you to Kathy for putting it together. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I just love these different cultural references. There's like a there's a, like a kind of kind of Chinese red braised pork in your otherwise super rich Japanese flavored broth uh, chicken ramen. There is what else? Um, the well, the mushroom ramen is pretty complex and that stock is vegetarian and that's probably not traditional to i don't know what it was your own thing it seems like what we're chef and i are really conscious about is not forcing any of these ideas so like it's like you know there was a whole war that was waged a generation ago over the idea of like fusion and i think it's still going on yeah and 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 i think that what makes the, gives that kind of a negative connotation is when you force ideas. When you right. like, I have yeah. I have like, you know, a, a bowl of tonkatsu in front of me. Like, what? Like, let me throw. Let me put in like a slice of pizza as it, and that'll be like the <laughs> that'll be the chashu on it. It'll it's so wacky and crazy. Like, you know, the deli ramen, for instance. The first time I went to Sobatoto, uh, Sobatoto, where we are ramen actually Toto. getting our noodles, by the way, yeah. uh, Toto Ramen, and had it. You kind of have like your your you rediscover like uh, not to get overly corny but like the sense of wonder you have when you have like your grandma's chicken soup when you're a kid and mm-hmm. for me that chicken soup had matzo balls in it so <laughs> it was it was an easy leap and it makes a lot of sense it's just basically the same as your grandma's chicken stock only the chicken goes for about two hours longer there's more <laughs> of it in comparison to the ratio of like water to bone and meat and fat and. You know, there's a few other things that we probably shouldn't say on the radio, but all right, That's <laughs> not that it's anything bad. Just you know, yeah. giving away yeah. family secrets. secret family secret recipes. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk more about some of those secrets to come at Dasara Ramen after our little musical interlude. We'll be right back.
This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Donate, 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 donate. It's for a good cause, man. Heritage Radio, super awesome dudes. Snacky Tunes, and that other show where dudes get drunk. I love Nicole Taylor, Hot Grease, Dave Arnold, Cooking Issues, Farm Report, Patrick, 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 Patrick Mortens. Listen to the radio, because it's better than the TV, because it doesn't have pictures to distract you. Learn about food. Donate at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. All right, that was an amazing commercial. I love it. Please uh, do help out the radio. It's, it's a great cause. Um, it keeps us doing this for free and having a lot of fun. Um, so we're talking to Desara Raman, owner and chef. And uh, we were just talking about a little bit about um, Brooklyn restaurants and, and how they've you know, not, you know, not so much reinvented something, uh, different cuisines, that is, but try to infuse little touches of seasonal ingredients, um, like you were saying about Roberta's, like they took the classic Neapolitan-style pizza, and they're always adding stuff that's grown, like, above our heads right now in this garden, and, and you know, fiddleheads or something in the spring, and so forth, and it... Yeah, it's a new kind of way of approaching classic uh, cuisines, right? Yeah, meat and uh, chefs approach uh, basically in all things developing the restaurant. And it really extends to every facet, out, even outside the food. But it's uh, creativity within a framework. So, you know, you start with the, a bowl of ramen, but rather than take it as kind of this uh, orthodoxy, you know, we kind of mm-hmm. look at it as a vehicle, like it's just all these different components you can play with. And, you know, we kind of filter that through our sensibilities. And most of my experience was cooking in Brooklyn and San Francisco, which are two cuisines that are really, really similar um, and kind of applying that aesthetic. To totally. So what are what's your upcoming like? Is it going to be different menus for each season that you're going to yes. explore? Tell us about that, Mark. Well, we, we're currently working on the fall menu. Mm-hmm. The summer one is uh, written in, and we'll be rolling that out as soon as we open. Which is like next week, by the way. Which is everyone. like next week. Ish. Ish. Yeah, soft opening. Do check it out. Sac- uh, between Second and DeGraw on Smith. Anyway, go on. And uh, But yeah, the fall menu is currently a work in progress, but it's mostly written at this point. We're just sort of working out the kinks, and we'll be, we'll be rolling that out as soon as the uh, weather gets a little bit colder. And, 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 you know, be, in respect to seasonality, the f- food will reflect that. You know, mm-hmm. we, we're exactly. uh, like something like the pork and apple ramen. It's, it's pork a, and apple ramen? Yes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, super fall dish. Cider? No, no, no actually, I think we're going to make, it's going to sound corny, but like an apple butter, but not actual apple butter, like apple. Oh. And, <laughs> and then we'll like garnish it with apple slices. It's going to kind of be like a stew. Like, it's a stew in um, kind of the conception, but then we thin it out and we use, like, a really heavy tenkatsu. Wow. Yeah. That sounds great. So it's an apple butter butter. Like Yeah, exactly. Apple, okay, yeah, yeah. I get and, it. And, um, I mean, that's just for the pickup, though. I mean, it really isn't going to have much to do with the I final like presentation the of, of the bowl. But, um, you know, like, rosemary, nutmeg, like, a lot of fall spices. But that's exactly it. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll be playing with, you know, the, the classic flavors of the Northeast and you know this kind of area and we're going to be using whatever's available fresh and seasonal and incorporating that the best way we can into a, a bowl of ramen that hopefully people will enjoy and that have not had before 
and that you don't have to know all this stuff to enjoy it. You know that it's it's accessible. It's it's it when you hear the sound of that on a menu, it, it like you know you don't have to know all the intricacies of it. You'll taste it. It'll ideally be good and um it's funny it's like it sounds like another restaurant might have a pork and apple dish that's like a seared chop maybe like a pork or like an apple like kind of sauce of some sort you know but a different assembly on a plate yeah it's 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 like you know the highest praise when we do menu development that will give something is it makes sense Mm -hmm. so you know even though it's kind of it would be sort of a new dish and i mean Pork and apple stew is not a new dish at all, but pork and apple ramen, it kind of is. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. All the flavors make sense. We're not doing anything overly experimental or or chancy outside of the fact that we're putting it in a bowl of ramen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're not... I'm I'm not the type of person, you know, with all due respect to the geniuses and artists that want to do, like, fish and white chocolate. It's not, like, what we're out for. We, We put... No, hey, uh, Lee Brandt, he, the, he's famous for that. Really? I think, I think that's a dish. You ever see that documentary? I'm not, uh, I'm totally confused. Uh, the guy from, what's his name, downtown, uh, he used to be, a, I think, Gilt, what is, it's Drew Neapont's place in oh. Tribeca. Oh, I have no idea. No? I'm out of it. Chef, any Same, idea? nothing. Um, Sorry. I, I saw this documentary about him. He's a, he's a fantastic genius okay. and an artist, and like he, he makes these beautiful plates, but he puts together even like these fantastic really unexpected flavor combinations cool white chocolate I, I, I don't know fish. how we got in this digression but no that's cool <laughs> so so ramen desire ramen good date spot good date place to, to have a first place yeah, definitely All right. low price point super accessible sharing yeah small i mean everyone has to but small plenty plates, of appetizers yeah. So I asked everyone on this show the same question, um, but what would you say, it doesn't have to be ramen, is the ultimate date meal, in your opinions? Chef, you oh can boy. go first on oh this boy. one. That's a tough one. Let me think on this. Is uh, it ramen? I don't think it's ramen. Uh, ramen. Ramen is a bit too quick for... I would definitely know, go date, like... The best date, let's say. Okay. Oysters. It's good for a first date. Oysters and oysters. dry rosé. Okay. And then maybe start with finish with a carbonara. Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. Just simple. Soulful. Nice. Yeah. Tasty. So I'm not going to say the best date. I'm going to say the last best date um, that I had here in Brooklyn, and that was at Saint Anselm. Oh, I tried to go the other night. Two hour wait at ten o'clock on like a Friday. It was a perfect meal. Nice. I, I had a similar experience like a few months ago, Josh. So hard to get in there yeah. right now. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Good for you. Everything that sounds right. awesome. Well, it sounds like they're doing everything right. And that place is tiny, so... That $15 steak is unbelievable. $15 steak? Yeah. The, what, what is it? A strip? A hanger? Hanger. hanger? Oh, God. It's so good. Nice. All right. So, so what did you have there? Was it the steak or the, the steak? We had the pork chop. We had uh, some mushrooms and avocado shrimp salad. All, everything. Everything. Steak. Everything steak. was great. Steak is a good one. Mm-hmm. Steak is a good one. There's. I have like a soft spot for carbonara, especially because like. I, I guess I don't know. I, I guess maybe that wasn't the right answer to date night question. That's like my. No, Josh. Actually, like the majority of people say something like pasta. Yeah. It's true. Because, I mean, I've been in a relationship for a long time. Like, you come home and you, like, throw something together. Right. and that's But you, like, eat together, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's nice, you know, a little bit of sophistication okay. to start it off with oysters cool. and rosé. And then you just go for the gut. <laughs> yeah, and you guys are having an oyster on the menu. We do have an oyster, yeah. For the summer. Yes. And that should be fun. It's actually roasted, too. 
broiled or whatever broiled um and then you want to talk about it yeah uh, yeah what what else is on there do some miso bacon we have some thai chili sauce we have uh dashi butter which is a basically an infused butter with dashi stock cool it's a delicious delicious dish nice yeah and that one probably be great for a date yeah it's good for sharing absolutely yeah and the ramens too. I think that that's like there's something just fun about eating it and watching other people slurping. The slurping, noodles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are we going to hear lots of slurps in this place or like? Because so. that's that's the tradi- that's the classic, you know. Maybe maybe noodle on, uh, shop experience. Maybe on Valentine's Day we can run that uh, scene from Tampopo over and over. Yeah, again. Yeah, just, just a continuous loop of people passing egg yolks into each oh, other's no, mouths. Oh no no. <laughs> Yeah, so Tampopo is amazing, and it, I feel like anyone who likes ramen needs to watch that film. Yeah. It's a classic cult Japanese film about a ramen restaurant starting up, and yeah. So so we came a long way from talking about opening a restaurant in Brooklyn to, to egg yolks, um, <laughs> sex, or whatever it is in that scene in Tampopo. Um, but you know, so this is really exciting and congratulations. And uh, what are you most nervous about in, as going into this? <laughs> everything. Okay. I worry about everything. You got a good chef. Obviously you got some, you, it looks beautiful. It's coming together and uh, cool name. I don't know. Like, so what, what's, you know, what just until the next? doors are open, you're always worried, <laughs> you know, is, is your whole enterprise based on like a false uh, proposition, you know, yeah, a false just, idea. Yeah, right. you, you never know until the doors are open and people receive you, and until then, you get to like spin your wheels and beat yourself up and uh, all that good stuff. You know, and it's, <laughs> the joys of opening a restaurant for everyone who's interested in listening. No, I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting next few months. Uh, I know they say that seventy five percent of all restaurants close in the first year. <sighs> Not us. That I'm sorry that that <laughs> makes you like you know shiver, but. um it's just a year off my life. Don't worry about it. It's just... <laughs> and all my money. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I, I think that this is um, a bold move, and it's an exciting time, and I think you should enjoy it. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, what else? I mean, it's opening. Can, can we say an official date? We cannot give the date or our PR company. This is how it. everything works. It's just so, like... You gotta be in the know. It's soft opening now, and then it's officially opening, and then all of a sudden it's on Gawker or whatever the sites are. Yeah, our, we'll see what happens first. <laughs> the soft opening is really like, and you know, I don't feel weird about saying this. It, for, to, for us to get a good rhythm with our front of house and, mm-hmm. and to get the kitchen in a good rhythm, as it, it, I hope Chef doesn't mind my saying, he's going to get married next week. He's yeah. uh, going home to. Right. Canada for a week, so yeah, we planned it right for the start take, of the take, yes. Take, take a week off. <laughs> he there. and his wife Laura said, "When is the worst possible time in terms of your schedule that we can get married?" Yeah. And no, but we'll It'll be outside okay. of this country, also, yes, right, right. yes, just very. to make it increase the level of difficulty. Very, very, and they're also going to do it upside down on uh, the wing of an airplane. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, cooking ramen. <laughs> Exciting week ahead. Yes. Well, well. Let's uh, let's enjoy it and best of luck. Congratulations! Thank you for bringing ramen to 
Carol Gardens. Thanks for having us, Kathy. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kathy. All right. Can we check you out at dasararaman.com or something? Yeah, it's kind of like more of just a a business card on the internet. What you could do is like us on Facebook and Twitter. All right. uh, I can't believe I'm actually saying that out loud, but yeah, we have a Twitter page and we have a Facebook page and... The more people like us, the more people know about us. D-A-S-S-A-R-A. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Check it out. All right. Thanks, guys. And thanks, Joe and everyone at Heritage. And we'll see you next week on Let's Eat In. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org heritage radio network is a non-profit organization to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening 